Welcome to Top of the Line. This is the podcast version of our YouTube show. New episodes every Monday and Friday where we talk about audio and hi-fi related themes. If you have any requests for a future episode, send us an email, T-O-T-L at abyssheadphones.com. back with another question off the internet this one's from andy he writes hi guys Andy, (laughs) short-term listener here but quickly catching up to the back catalog my question is how can you know how a driver will sound before building it do you just build a prototype and see how it sounds also how do you decide if it doesn't sound the way you want if you want to tune it versus starting over Hmm. the whole process is wizardry to me and I would appreciate a quick peek behind the curtain, so to speak. All the best, Andy. Well, there's definitely black magic involved. Mm-hmm. Black magic. <laughs> so I guess the, the term wizardry worked out. Yeah. Worked out. So I think this is a pretty simple one, but rather undramatic. It's really just experience. Uh, that's pretty much most of it. You kind of have a vague idea just from doing things. Yeah. And a lot. I think we sort of talked about this before. But there's always things that it seems like, wow, that'd be really cool to try that because there's some sort of technical reason for why this would be a novel or interesting way to do it. And then you do it and it's totally different than what you expected. Yep. Right. And from these types of experiences, you kind of sort of get a vague understanding of what the impact is from the various methods and whatnot, the various trace alignments and, and spacing or whatever, position, thickness, width. Well, there's t- kind of like, it's kind of like driving. And you have you hit a you hit a fork in the road, right? Or a Y, however you want to look at it. Hmm. Okay. If a fork is a Y. You got two choices. Mm-hmm. Some people call it the high road and the low road. <laughs> Depends on the song you're listening to. But bottom line is that on the one one road is all the mistakes you made, which obviously teach you not to do that again. The other Hopefully. road is things turned out to the good side when you did that. Yeah. So you kind of you're kind of you're kind of stacking both of them. You kind of went both ways at the same time. And you stack up your mistakes and go, okay, well, that doesn't work. So you start to learn what does work and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, where the, that's what comes to the experience that you mentioned. Right, yeah. That's the experience. Well, I remember the early days, and there was a lot of mistakes. I mean, you, because you had no idea. You had no experience, right? Yeah, the it first was five years, we never sold a thing. We just <laughs> kept playing. It was, it was a... It was a learning curve, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, there were some doozies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we have to be through hundreds of different, you know, revisions In fact, at this I'll, point. I'll get, uh, I'll get, a, I'll try to find a photo of our early tensioning rig. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we could throw it up here. I think it still exists. <laughs> I think I'm sure I have it somewhere. Now, to be clear, I was pretty firm that it would not work. Yeah, yeah. That's it true. Didn't it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> but it was initially, like, okay, well, maybe we could use this. <laughs> No. Just for experimenting, because we were going to stick the magnet behind it and hook some wire leads up to it just to be able to experiment with materials. Yeah. It was and a it, test rig. Yeah, it was a test rig. Yeah, and it really... It didn't work. didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. But it's a good picture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that'll just show you how crude we started it from us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that you go through a lot of that mm-hmm. to get to the refinement that we have today. I think we have a very different approach to this than most people. We have more of a come up with a vague idea for what it's going to do and then just try it type of method. Um, you know, Sometimes they're very technically founded in our approaches, but it doesn't always produce the results expected because of 
inherent limitations in the manufacturing process or things like that. So what we pretty much did was, first and foremost, we came up with a novel manufacturing method to manufacture the uh, electrical trace on the diaphragm. We brought it in-house. Right. Where most companies will just have somebody do that for you. So, yeah, we were able to change it on the fly. And that massively facilitates our ability to just try things. Yeah. And so maybe you think it's stupid, but interestingly enough, we found over and over, if you just try it and you see whether or not it is what you expected, a lot of times you learn stuff. Yeah. A lot of times you learn something new. Even if it doesn't turn out, you go, oh, well, look at what that changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it changed something you didn't expect. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we tried a lot of stupid shit, basically. Yeah. Well, it, it's <laughs> but we learned yeah, from it quickly and crude prototypes. Just yeah. like make them quick, and then you could uh, pretty quickly tell if that's the right direction. Then you could refine it if it's the right direction or not. You know. Yeah, and see if that goes further right. or if, if it just falls apart. Right. Because in the end, I mean, it's it's a, it's a lot of time. We're talking. We're, we're talking. This isn't like five minutes. Yeah. Well, we're talking months, months, months. Yeah, it's pretty know? serious and. It seems like where the time is always spent isn't necessarily figuring out some new way to do a thing. That's always the easy part, right? You could always figure out a new way to do a thing that produces some interesting result. The challenge is usually there's a little bit of downside with it. There's some other technical limitation or this no longer enables you to do some other thing. So being able to combine all the things into one is pretty much where the challenge seems to lie to produce the most positive desirable outcome while minimizing the downsides. And that's where experience comes in. Well, it also comes down to uh, knowing your manufacturing limitations, if you can actually produce the thing, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, durability in the field and such. Yeah, for example, like, you know, we've seen the thin race early on, right, where everyone's trying to get a thinner diaphragm, you know, and it's like versus a, a, a thicker one, obviously, which mm. mass matters. And if you make it thinner, it's faster. It's technically blah, blah, blah. But you obviously reach a point where that falls off the planet because you get to a point where it's so thin, you can't deal with it. You right. can't reliably make the driver. So obviously there's a middle ground for everything, and it's, it's called trade-offs. Everything's a trade-off. Yep. For the most part, it's about optimization, figuring out what you can get away with and what produced the most desirable result. But um, one thing that produced the best result in one area doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be what makes it into the final product. Uh, it's oftentimes a combination of those medium results that give you actually something above and beyond that previous best result. Um, and that's kind of difficult to convey, but it really is just understanding the changes and what differences they made. And then using that information to try and design a new thing that's totally different than what you would have expected before without this experience. Um, and you kind of sort of work off that until you come to the most positive, desirable outcome. At least that's how we do it for the most part. Well, I think uh, it's always the stuff that surprises you when you think, oh, that probably won't work. But then it ends up, well, actually, I don't know why I didn't think of this before. Yeah. And so trying a lot of things helps i mean it's it's not the most efficient approach but yeah you could definitely start narrowing things down pretty quick so you get better at making more prototypes you know yeah so every once in a while we try some wild card that seems stupid but sometimes you learn something interesting from it sometimes it does something you didn't expect and maybe you try to find ways in the future to kind of sort of incorporate the positive attributes of that one thing i didn't mention is um we never told anybody, but I have a crystal ball. Oh. Ah. 
Yeah. Now, the thing with a crystal ball is that it shows you the future. Mm. The only problem is you got to get there. Mm. That takes time. So you may be able to have a leap, right, where you say, okay, the, I see where we want to be. But now it's 10 years to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like Elon. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I want to send a rocket to Mars. Okay, let's mm-hmm. start working on it. <laughs> you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. Great idea, great idea. He can vision it. He can see being on Mars. Yeah. But goddamn, getting there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that's the hard part. You doing the thing is usually the hard part. Because you need a whole lot of people to be able to figure out and come together to have it happen. And a whole lot of money in that And case. time, yes. <laughs> and and time. money, yes. Well, luckily, what we're doing is a little less complicated than that. A bit, yeah. yeah. There's a few less moving parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It is wild to see these rockets go off, mm-hmm. take off, and land, though. I mean, you know, and, I mean, the, by themselves. <laughs> I think most people feel that way, you know? which is interesting because it had such a resurgence in the rocket space. And I don't think anyone would have predicted it. But it's basically the same thing with planar magnetic driver design. Pretty much. Is Every it? once in a while, you do something, and everyone's like, that won't work, but it works. Yeah, in fact, it, it initially that was said right away by all the... Uh, Everyone said that. I think mostly by the electrostat guys, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it was it was those guys who were saying, oh, can't beat the electrostat type thing with a dynamic or with a, any other headphone type thing. And yeah, it was kind of like, well, we could try. Mm. You know? Why not? Yeah. Sure. So I guess I guess that's what really, like, it, it's, it's part of entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit. It's part adventurous it's part fearless and it's a part just dumb luck you know mm. and, and really just having not really coming into it with any preconceived notions mm. you got an open mind to everything you're like well you know we're not going to sit there and go oh that won't work that won't work that won't because you're not obviously that's it you're you're done you've already you've already called it's out hard your to destiny. innovate mm-hmm. in that kind of climate now isn't it yeah right very difficult yeah, well, yeah, we had to make all the things to make all the things. That's the thing, all the uh, jigs and everything. So then you then you learn what you can and can't make and why you can't make it. And then you get better at doing that. So then as time goes on, we get a lot quicker. Yeah. <laughs> so that's nice. <laughs> it's a pretty clear approach, I think. You figure out how to do a thing, and inevitably it's bad. You figure out why it's bad. You figure out how to fix it. And you continue to iterate and improve until you get a thing that is very good and you continue past that to try to figure out if you keep making better over and over and over again until you have something that's profound, unique. Yep. Keep tweaking. Mm-hmm. A little mm-hmm. bit here, a little bit there. Maybe all those somewhere. all those tiny, tiny little changes add up to big changes over time. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of tiny changes we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thousands and thousands of should I go this way or that way? Yeah. Which brings us back full circle. Yeah, I was, I was actually just looking at uh, all the old stuff. We have like a bin of stuff from when we were starting. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you that, you yeah. learn. It's like, I forgot we even did it this way. Yeah. If you could just tell yourself then uh, what, what you know now. Yeah, we won't be on our third bin by now. We probably should can at least the first and second bin. No, we started. <laughs> There's we, a lot. We started to throw some stuff out. Yeah. 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 We got to start a museum at some point. Mm. Yeah. I don't think it'd be too interesting to no, me. Probably not, no. <laughs> Although it is funny to look at some of the early stuff and go, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. Or the colors involved or anything that we did. It's like, what the hell is this? Oh, my God. It looks like. So, yeah. Anyway, it's cool to be at this level of refinement and to be considered one of the best headphones in the world. It's awesome. Um, so, But we got customers to thank, too, because they were willing to bet on us in the early days. Yeah. 
there was no. There's a whole story there for sure. It's, yeah, so. it's not just one person. No. Well, I hope that uh, helps answer your question a little bit. Uh, you know, kind of could ramble on about early days of. We tend to do that. Making headphones, but uh, if it, if anybody else has any questions they want to ask us, you can email us at TOTL at abyssheadphones.com. And uh, thanks for watching. Take care.